Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 130. Dropped back into his left hand, he opened his right hand to display the quarter that had been there all along. The thing about coin manipulation was that it took all Shadow's head to do it, or rather, he could not do it if he was angry or upset. So the action of practicing an illusion, even one with no possible use on its own, consider, he had expended an enormous amount of effort and skill to make it appear that he had moved a quarter from one hand to the other, something that it takes no skill whatever to do for real. Calmed him. Mm, boy, this is going to be a rough reading, I apologize. Calmed him, cleared his mind of turmoil and fear. He began a trick even more pointless, a one-handed half-dollar to penny transformation, but with his two quarters. Each of the coins was alternately concealed and revealed as the trick progressed. He began with one quarter visible, held between the tips of his forefingers, with the other hidden horizontally in the fork of his thumb, a down's palm. He raised his hand to his mouth and blew on the coin, while slipping the visible quarter into the tip of his third finger and pushing it into a classic palm, as the first two fingers took the hidden quarter out of the down's palm and presented it. The effect was that he displayed a quarter in his hand, raised it to his mouth, blew on it, and lowered it again, displaying the same quarter all the while. He did it over and over and over again. He wondered if they were going to kill him, and his hand trembled, just a little, and one of the quarters dropped from his fingertip onto the stained green baize of the card table. And then, because he just couldn't do it anymore, he put the coins away, and took out the Liberty Head dollar that Zoria Polishnaya had given him, and held onto it tightly and waited. At three in the morning by his watch, the spooks returned to interrogate him. Two men in dark suits with dark hair and shiny black shoes. Spooks. One was square-jawed, wide-shouldered, great hair, looked like he had played football in high school. Badly bitten fingernails, the other with a receding hairline, silver-rimmed round glasses, manicured nails. While they looked nothing alike, Shadow found himself suspecting that on some level, possibly cellular, the two men were identical. They stood on each side of the card table looking down at him. And that's our page. Pages, mostly Shadow continuing to do the same trick he did on the previous page, and then mixing it up a bit and attempting another one. We learn that Shadow is unable to do these sorts of sleight-of-hand things if he's upset or emotionally emotionally imbalanced in any way. He's not able to do coin tricks at all if his mental focus isn't entirely on the trick at hand. So this may be another reason why he thinks he doesn't have the the ability to do a stage sort of a stage act of some kind if he's got to focus that much on the coin trick itself then he's not going to be able to project the sort of personality so it's not necessarily that he does not have the personality which was shadow's previous assertion but more that he needs to focus so much on the act of the coin trick itself that it would leave him in a, unable to perform more broadly on the page he's the second trick he's trying is to change a penny to a quarter even though all he has is two quarters i think there's a connection to the novel here but i don't know how well i can explain it i haven't i've given it a lot of thought actually but not enough that i've been able to put into words but shadow's involved in some next level shit here he's keeping one quarter hidden and displays the other one which is his misdirection at the same time though he's pretending that one of the quarters is a penny he's holding the image of the quarter penny in his mind very strongly otherwise what's the point of doing the trick this way and in this case wednesday is the quarter and shadow is the quarter that is actually a penny i think wednesday is considering shadow to be one thing and that's because Shadow is very easy to underestimate. 
he's a big guy and he seems like he's dumb and not very emotional and things like that. But he's already exhibited that he's a lot more clever than people would generally give him credit for. And he's smart enough to know when his emotions are appropriate and when they're not, at least for the most part. In prison, he was very good at balancing his emotions. And so I think that Wednesday is expecting Shadow to be a quarter, when in fact Shadow is a penny. And that sounds really stupid now that I've said it out loud, but I'm going to roll with it. And as the page goes on, as the book goes on, we can consider what this really means. Is Wednesday looking for someone who's just big, strong, and dumb? Is he looking for someone a bit more powerful? Is Shadow even all that powerful? We do have the scene with the snow in Chicago, and there will be another scene... Well, is it a while away still? I think it's still a while away, but Shadow definitely has this connection to the supernatural and to the world of the gods that we've discussed a bit previously because it his god parentage, his demigodhood, as it were. And so I just kind of wonder... I wonder what we're supposed to think about this. Anyhow, I could just be talking out of my ass, which is entirely probable. Before the break on the page, though, Shadow finds he's unable to focus as he wonders if he's going to be killed. And this is the first time he seems to come to this conclusion, or at least the first time on the page and in the book he allows himself to come to this conclusion. He also remembers even subconsciously maybe that Zori Polishnaya provided him the moon's protection in the guise of this coin, and so he clutches the coin close to himself. The page ends with Shadow officially meeting two of the men who have kidnapped him. They're almost diametric opposites, yet Shadow feels like there's some deep level that they're identical. And I think this is a hint that... Well, it's one of two things, really. It's either a hint that they're like... The children who are mentioned in the Technical Boy area, which I realize is page 48, so we're quite a while ago, and it's also very briefly mentioned. But on the page with Technical Boy, he talks about his children, and when Shadow leaves the car, he realizes he didn't see the face of the driver or either of the people who are sitting next to him. In the TV show, they treat this as essentially carbon copy digital mannequins, maybe? Almost people. They're, they're, they're definitely more animated than the really hokey Doctor Who mannequins from the Christopher Eccleston reboot. And they're a lot more... They seem to have a lot more power than those. But at their core, they're essentially just carbon copy. You know, insert your own bad guys here. They're grunts. They're foot soldiers. Whatever your particular reference point is. Putty Patrol? They're the Putty Patrol? I mean, something like that. And in the case of the Spook Show here, they're completely different looking externally, but Shadow suspects that internally they're the same. So I'm wondering if this is the New Gods version of the children that the Technical Boy had, if these are real people, or if these are some kind of construct on the part of the New Gods. I don't know that we're ever given a straight answer on it, The other possibility is that they're trained by the same government or extra-government agency, whichever it may be, and so even though they look very different, they're trained in the same ways and trained for the same purposes, so that even if their outward appearance is different, 
their internal actions and their motivations are the same. I honestly don't know which it is, and if it comes up, though, I'll be sure to point to how right I was. Anyway, it's one of those small details that I don't think I ever paid much attention to, and even smaller detail, I love that Shadow notes that their fingernails are treated completely differently. If they weren't already essentially diametrically opposite, that's definitely a clincher. You can get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.